0: Success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way, and in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle, and they rarely talk about it because that's not what creates success. Join us here where we'll chat with serial entrepreneurs, both men and women, and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship. We'll talk about the obstacles we faced and how to overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is She's Invincible. Hey, everyone! Thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast, and we are so excited to be here with a special. Very special for you, for all the moms out there. We're here with a special Mother's Day episode, and I am so excited to introduce you to our invincible mom. Michelle Slaney-Gervato is a 27-year award-winning high school special education teacher turned entrepreneur. She is a wife, adoptive, and special needs mom. For most of her adult life, Michelle has worked with teens who do not want to do anything she wanted them to. So she got really good at follow-up in a way that collects and connects people. She's helped many businesses turn their follow-up from a fear-based action into a very successful business strategy. Most recently, Michelle has launched a new business, turning the idea of legacy on its head, focusing on the notion of living into legacy rather than just leaving it behind. She launched the Living Your Legacy podcast and TV show and is currently writing a book with her youngest son about his journey to becoming a real estate investor at the age of 11. Michelle loves to support other special needs parents in living into their own legacies for their children. Oh, My gosh, Michelle, Invincible Mom, welcome and thank you so much for being with us today for this special Mother's Day message. Oh, you are so welcome. I
1: think I need you around me all the time to keep introducing me like that as I enter
0: every room. I'm like, wow, that was awesome. Thanks. Oh my gosh. Well, let me just, I'll just get that edited for you and you can have your own recording. (laughs) I love this. And I'm so, so grateful. I, I just have to tell this quick story. I'm so grateful that you're here with me and that we're talking about mothers and Mother's Day and honoring moms. And the reason why it hit me. Uh, as i was preparing for this conversation that when we first had our first conversation about a podcast i was thinking oh my gosh you know i would love to see her put a podcast out there about adoption about what that's like about you know creating a family through adoption which is a different way um but the most beautiful way and i love how you turned it into something even bigger that anyone could even imagine by just creating this living your legacy. And so I just, I I can't forget that I, you know, that was what I was thinking and yet look at this big, huge plan. So that just tells you what my little brain did and what your big brain did. And I'm just so excited to share you today with all Thank of our you. listeners. Oh, so that's so sweet. Let's jump in and let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible?
1: Oh, great questions. Um, how did I get here? That's a really good question. I could go on and on for hours, but I'll be brief. <laughs> um, the journey to motherhood is actually what got me here. And being a mother is what has made me invincible. That's a really short answer to that. There's a lot to unpack in there,
0: but that's pretty much it in a nutshell. I love it. And you know, you're not getting away with that. So tell us where you started. Like, What's your education in and uh, tell us how you journeyed from each step of the way to where you are right now. So um, I don't even know if you know this and we've known each other for
1: years. But um, I actually have two family members in my extended family who have disabilities. So I've grown up around that my entire life. So I, you know, when the teacher says to you in grade four, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to be a teacher. And then I went ahead and did it. Um, And so I became a teacher and then a special education teacher and taught in special education for a long time. Um, During that process, I, was getting married and we bought a house, my husband and I, and then we decided that we would start trying to have our own family. And that became a whole journey unto itself of four and a half years of doctor's appointments um, and a lot of invasive testing and going heart in hand to many doctors with the question about, you know, why is this not working and how can we make it work? And ultimately, we ended up in the category of undiagnosed infertility everything works it just doesn't work together so we didn't really have a reason why it wasn't working um and so we had to kind of decide what do we want to do with this do we want to give up and kind of walk away but no we really did want to be parents we wanted to have children so we started exploring other options and ultimately we settled on um we settled on adoption we thought it was going to be a really kind of scary thing and super expensive and not going to even be a- available to us. And that's kind of the attitude we went into it with only to realize there are expenses involved. That's for sure. So I didn't deal with labor and delivery, but my bank account sure took it along the way. So there was some pain in there that way, but we discovered that we could, we could do this. We could actually be a family created a different way. And so we decided to pursue it. And, uh, we adopted our first son he was 23 hours old when we took him from the hospitals. He's a way little thing, not even a full day old. Um, he was beautiful. And I fell in love the minute I saw him. Um, and he joined our family. Uh, gosh, he's 18 now going on 19. So a long time ago. Our second son joined our family four and a half years later. And, and he was... We found out about him. He had already been born. So he was two weeks old when we heard about him. And he was four weeks old the first time I held him. Uh, So we have these two amazing, beautiful boys. And it's in a nutshell, there was a whole lot that went on with all this and a very circuitous route to get the second son um, and how that all happened. But then we began a brand new journey uh, into parenthood. And just as we were, um, just as my older son was about six months old, we started discovering that everything in the textbooks they said about him or about children and what they should be doing at that age wasn't happening, uh, which led us then on another four and a half year journey to figure out the depth and the breadth of his challenges. And we received his last diagnosis a few weeks before we adopted our second son. So we had this boy that had multiple disabilities that encompass all areas, cognitive, physical, um, all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we have that. And then we have this newborn baby that we're, we're sorting through and trying to figure out how this is all going to work. And that has kind of led us on the next journey, which is being a mom, being an adoptive mom. My children are BIPOC. They're biracial. Uh, for those of you on the podcast, you can't see me, but I am not. I am a white woman. Uh, so there's a whole journey there that we've been delving into. But then there's also the challenges of being a special needs parent. Um, so a lot of things that we've been working our way through. You ask me what makes me invincible. I think it's that. It's that we had all these huge challenges that got put in front of us and Let me tell you, honestly, there were a whole lot of them where I just wanted to stop and be like, "Okay, I've had enough. I'm out. (laughs) I'm done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, world. I'm good. Don't need any more. Thanks. You don't need to share any more with me. I'm good. Um, But the universe had other plans for us. And there's been a lot of things shared with us that have been hugely challenging, have tested every fiber of my courage, of my strength, of my belief. and. We're still here, I'm still here. We're
0: good. So I think and that's you guys what you're doing a great job, yeah, you did it, and you're doing a great job. So I would love to go back to what that was like when you you know were in this adoptive journey and you got that first you know call that there was a baby. Uh, And like the reality of like, wow, this is really happening. We are going to be parents. Tell us a
2: little bit about that. This is, I don't think I've ever told you this story. So um, we were working with an
1: agency up here. And uh, one of the things that they tell you is that when you're adopting a child, you're not just adopting that child, but adopting everything about them their background, their culture, if there's a language or religion that's attached to where they're from. These are things that you need to be willing to embrace and explore with for and because of your child. And so we had decided my husband's mom is from Argentina. And so we were very connected to that culture. My husband speaks Spanish fluently. We celebrate their holidays. We're connected to their religions. So we thought this is a kind of a natural fit for us. So we had told our agency that that's that was what we were looking for. And we really wanted a baby. We wanted to do the baby thing and and have a baby. And um, he called us literally out of the blue, uh, totally unexpected, because the journey to adoption is not a straightforward path. Um, It can happen very quickly. It can take quite a long time. So in the case of our first son, um, we got a call. He said that a lawyer. In LA, had contacted him. There was a birth mom had come in. She was eight and a half months pregnant. They needed to match her like yesterday. And would we be interested in looking at her documentation and possibly connecting with her? And I went, uh, really? <laughs> so we went to the agency. We looked up information. Um, they put us in touch with the lawyer in LA, and we um, got in contact and said, you know what, we might be interested. And he suggested that we come down and meet her. And um, there was some miscommunication, uh, not between the lawyer and her, but between her and her doctor. There was some language barrier things. And um, we were told this baby was supposed to be due anytime. And so they wanted us to fly down and meet her. So I did a thing I have never done in my life before then and have never done in my life since. We literally booked two flights on the same day. We flew to L.A. first flight out in the morning, spent the day with her and flew home that evening. I have never done anything like it. And honestly, it was the most exhilarating, scary day. You know, literally, we go to customs and they say, well, are you going for business or pleasure? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Which box to check? We are going. Yes, we have to pay the lawyer, so there's some business, and but we're going to get this baby, which is all pleasure. So I don't. And the guy's like, I don't even know either. I need to call the supervisor. Oh
2: my gosh!
1: And so ultimately, they're like, just check pleasure. It'll get you through quicker. We're okay. So off we go. I went with nothing but my purse and my passport. I've never done anything like it. And we spent the day with my son's birth mom. And we went to the hospital with her. We heard his heartbeat on the fetal heart monitor. And she told us stories all day in Spanish to my husband, um, who was so excited that he would forget to translate. So she would part every now and again, she'd stop. She would be like, Michelle does not understand what just what was just said. You need to tell her, tell her, tell her. And so she (laughs) would stop and she was beautiful and so strong and courageous. And I was so in awe of her making that decision. And she was so clear that this was the right choice. Um, We said yes. And we flew home that day. I called everybody I knew. I'm like, oh my God, we're getting this baby. And we were told that the baby was going to be born on September 15th. And I kept saying, just don't feel like this is going to be the case. Like we're going to get this call out of the blue and we're going to have to drop everything and run. And I kept saying it. I just, I don't know where I had that intuition. But sure enough, on Labor Day, they called us. She was in labor. We got to get our bus to L.A. like now. And it was crazy. We had it all organized. And in three hours, we were on a flight. We had all the stuff and we were headed to L.A. to get this baby. And yeah, then the next day he was in our arms and and it was an extraordinary, extraordinary experience. Now, for our younger son, it was a much more um, challenging route to get to him. And we had to take a lot more stops, which is why there's such a big age spread between Mm -hmm. the two boys. Um, But they were both equally amazing journeys, including the fact that the agency for my younger son, um, they contacted us because we had put our papers in front of another birth mom who didn't choose us. And they contacted us and said, actually, we think we have, we have a baby for you. Like this child's been born and Can we put your paperwork in front of his birth mother? And it was a stack of papers, like six inches thick, and ours was on the top. She picked ours up and looked at it and said, this is the family, push the rest of the papers away. And that's how we got our second son. So pretty extraordinary things that happened. I sort of feel like the universe lined up exactly the way it was supposed to for both those boys to be in our home and in our lives. Because the reality is, if we had been able to have our own children, we never would have met them. No, you
0: nope. wouldn't. And they have each other, they're brothers, right? And that was meant to be their mm-hmm. brothers and you're the parents. And that is you exactly betcha. as it should be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a beautiful story. So um, this is so cool. I, I love to even hear these stories because they're so full of hope, Right. Of people that are just about to give up on their dream of having children or having a family. And then along comes hope. So what what
2: happened? What were you feeling? Do you remember what you felt like when you got those calls? Truthfully scared to death. Was that just the first one or both of them?
1: Mostly the first one. By the time the second one came around, I'm like, well, we already knew there was a lot going on with the first one. We're like, well, there's not much you can throw at us now. Like, we kind of we kind of got the market cornered on challenges. So we're pretty good. Although that was a worry. If the second one had a lot of challenges in his life, how are we going to cope with two kids with significant disabilities? But the first one, yeah, I was I was
2: initially quite scared. Um but then when I met his birth mom and I literally like, honestly,
1: I wanted to bring her home too. Like, Can I just adopt you too? Can I just like oh. keep everybody? <laughs> I think you're amazing. And oh. she was so sweet. And like I said, very soft spoken, but she had a spine of steel. Like there was such strength in her that I felt like it rubbed off on me. And I thought, mm. if you can be strong enough to make this decision to hand over this child that's been growing in your body, then I can be strong enough to take every responsibility that comes after. them.
2: Oh, that's so beautiful, Michelle. Oh my gosh.
0: Now have you communicated with her since the adoption? Are you in communication photos? What does that level look like?
1: Well, for every adoptive family, it's different. Some are very, very close, like they have meals together and share holidays together. Some there's absolutely no contact and everything in between. For my oldest son, uh, I am so grateful that we met his birth mom. We have a beautiful picture of the two of us together um, that I treasure. um, That is to me is very meaningful because that's a piece of her that I get to keep and share with him. She was in the States illegally and was deported two months after he was born. So we don't know where she is. She has Mm -hmm. our contact information, but she's never reached out. So I hope one day that we will get a random phone call or an email. and We'll be able to reconnect with her and let her know how amazing our son is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I say our, not just for mine and my husband, but to include her too. Of course, you know. Our son, this child we share is Mm -hmm. extraordinary. And I'd love to be able to share that with her. Um, With my younger son's birth mother, she never wanted to meet. She was very concerned about potential judgment. I just wanted to really put my arms around her and thank her. Um, Mm. But there is a level of openness. It's right now it's one direction. So we can send her pictures and information. And periodically we do. Uh, My younger son does not have disabilities and he has expressed an interest at a later date in in perhaps going to meet her and uh, to forge a relationship with her and has invited me to come along. And I am so honored to, to be there to help him sort through what this is going to be like, because we're not sure how she's going to respond or what his, you know, I have, my job is to help him manage expectations really sure. about this. It may go perfectly and we may all fall in love it may not we don't know and so um I'm just honored that I would I would be asked to be a part of it to you know his words were mom can you help me go meet my other mother yeah uh, yeah I can thank you and I
0: will right yeah <laughs> when do you want to go let me get my shoes <laughs> exactly I'm like good luck keeping me away yes, yes.
1: I, I want to just be there I want to I mean he is gorgeous so she has got to be beautiful just want to say like get a picture of them together so he can have that connection that peace with her right that currently he doesn't have with my family there's nobody saying to him oh you have aunt so-and-so's nose or your chin looks like uncle so-and-so or you know on this side of the family they did this and I see why you're behaving that way or oh my gosh that's something your grandfather would say because there's no biology so for Mm. him to have those pictures those moments where he can have that where I can say to him your eyes look like your birth mother's or your, your chin looks like hers. I see where you get that. Like, those are some things that I can offer him in his lifetime
0: to stay connected. Of course, Mm -hmm. keep him attached to that, that, you know, those are roots, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. So, okay. And so you're in Canada and Mm -hmm. these boys were in the United States. So What kind of hoops did you have to leap through and uh, did that make it more difficult for you to be able to adopt in the U.S. and then bring those boys over the border and Mm -hmm. legally, you know, obviously we did it all legally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what does that look like for people that are wondering, like, what what should we do? You know what? I'm going
1: to be really honest. It wasn't very difficult. Canada relies on immigration for population growth. So um, they didn't make it very hard. They were actually really relatively easy to work with because we were adopting infants. Now, there are some um, requirements like they had to be checked out by a doctor and and there were certain things that they were not allowed to have, like medical issues, um, predominantly communicable diseases that Canada was like, yeah, we might not want that in our country or being brought into the country but other than that the immigration people were really it was pretty straightforward so what was it a lot of paperwork a lot of paperwork in triplicate signed in you know 75 different places um so a lot of that but when we were in communication with immigration canada they were super easy to work with and and very kind because we were bringing in newborns. So the immigration process for them is so much simpler than it is for an adult who's coming from somewhere else and wants to immigrate to Canada. Um, So that wasn't hard. There were some things that we did need to be aware of. Uh, Birth mothers uh, have a period of time when they place the baby for adoption uh, that they can change their mind. And that depends in the United States on the state. And in Canada, I think the rule is all of Canada. I could be wrong. I'm not exactly sure, but you have lawyers on both sides of the border. So there's a, there's again, lots of things signed in triplicate. Um, But that is all for the protection of the child. Now, I don't know anybody who would argue that that's a bad thing, but it's, that's what it's there for. And ultimately, we were informed that we needed to stay in each place. For the longest duration. So in Canada, uh, a birth mother has 10 days to change her mind. In California, at the time we adopted, um, it was 72 hours. So they asked us to stay in California for 10 days Mm. just to cover that. So we actually stayed for 12 and rented a car and did all kinds of fun things like drove our son around and had lunch in Malibu and went to Rodeo drive and walked around and did the Santa Monica pier with a newborn and went to downtown Disney and had all kinds of pictures. We didn't go in cause he was way too little and they wouldn't let us on any rides, but things like that, that just, you know, it took up the time. Right. Oh. And it was so amazing. Uh, for our youngest son, um, we adopted him in Philadelphia, but under New Jersey law, I don't know how that worked, but it worked. And so that policy was three weeks. So we actually stayed for three weeks we rented a a house, we rented a car. And again, same thing. We drove around, we went to Amish country. We took the train into New York and went to New York city for the day. It was so exciting with our kids. My dad and his wife drove down from Canada and joined us. So we totally just did these touristy things. We made the most of it. We went to, um, see, all the fun stuff in Philadelphia. The Bell. We went to see the Bell. We the did Liberty a horse drawn. Yeah, we did a horse drawn carriage tour. We um, we went to the Please Touch Museum um, a lot uh, with a our because our yeah. Well, our Three older son worth. was like we, he needed to go blow off some steam. Uh, there was a steam train that was really close to where we were staying in New Hope, and we got to know the conductor because again, my older son was thrilled with this and. They cut us a deal so that we could get on it as many times a day as we wanted. So my older son was given a conductor's hat and the conductor would stand him on the seat. And my older son got to know the spiel so well that he knew exactly when and where to point. So he would point at things. He was like a tour guide. Um, You know, we just made the most out of the time that we stayed. And we we really made a holiday and a family bonding time out of it. And it was amazing. So that that's something that people do need to be aware of. But. Again, if you were listening, the best at it, like make it yes. into a family holiday, spend that time nesting, getting to know your baby and your family and encouraging all that stuff. And we ate a lot of ice cream and you know, it was really fun. That's
0: amazing. And so tell me, what was the reaction of the big brother? Did he understand that he was going to be a big brother and there was a baby coming? And how did that go? We tried our best to
1: explain it to him. Um, he did see the baby clothes. He did see that we were putting a crib back up. He was like, but not for me. Like what is happening? So we we did try our best to explain it um, and talk to him about how there's going to be a baby. I'm not sure that he fully got it until our little guy was in my arms. And then he just couldn't get enough of him. He kissed him and hugged him and loved him. And told everybody it was my baby, mine. And he was very protective and nobody was allowed to touch him. Like you could look from 10 feet away. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. It was really quite, quite cute. Although I think he thought that his brother was like a teddy bear because he kept trying to drag him around by the arm.
0: Oh my (laughs)
2: goodness. Like he would carry a
1: teddy bear by the arm or the leg. Um, So we did have to keep a close eye on
2: that.
0: Yes. Just for safety reasons, yeah. Yeah, we don't want a one-armed little kid, right? Poor thing. Mm. So, and now today, they're 18 and 11. So 13. Oh, 13, 18 yes. and 13. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, tell me about that. What is this brotherhood like in your home with these two boys?
1: Just like everybody else's kids. They love each other one minute and can't stand each other the next. Um, there is typical sibling stuff. They irritate each other. Um but my younger son actually made a really interesting comment one time that he really used he words where I pity the fool that messes with me because they're gonna get beaten up by a special needs kid. <laughs> my gosh, because <laughs> his brother is very protective of him. And honestly, mm-hmm. I think if he did see something, going down where his younger brother was being threatened, that he would not tolerate this. Um, so yeah, they they definitely have each other's back. I do know my younger son feels very strongly about the treatment of people with disabilities. Um, he does not like certain things being said around him. He openly talks about his brother. We've also encouraged our boys to openly talk about being adopted. Because uh, we look different as a family, and so we're very open about it. Um, and I'm surprised about how open my younger son is about his older brother and about what life is like. And you know, we've had to navigate some things around him having friends over. How that's all going to fly with his brother, and you know, how do I explain when my brother does this or says that? And and so there's been a few extra steps that we've had to navigate. Um, but ultimately. And they actually look so much alike. People think they're biological brothers. I get that question a lot. Um, So yeah, I'd say just the same as anybody else's kids, except different.
0: (laughs) Except different, right? I love that. That is amazing. So amazing. Okay. Well, I definitely want to talk about legacy and how this journey has uh, really given you a passion for legacy. But before we do... We're going to honor moms because we're here today. I want to honor you. First of all, Mm -hmm. you truly are invincible. I know more of the story than what we're sharing here today. And I just adore your voice. (laughs) 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 And and I I mean, I won't even go into all of that. We did do in in a mini episode. We did talk a little bit about that, but um I just adore them and I just am so impressed with you and your husband I mean he's not here with us today but uh on this interview but um he's actually out
1: manning the kids so I can be on this one (laughs) yes,
0: yes yes I know I just didn't want it to sound like he's not with us meaning like he's left right right um yeah so I want to talk about that. But right now, I would love just to say thank you. Thank you for for being courageous and for putting yourself out there and for going the distance. I know it's not easy, but but you're doing it and you've been doing it. And I want to honor you for that. Uh, And I know that you have an entire list of honorees that you would love to honor as well. So I Mm -hmm. think we should go through that list uh, and then we'll go back to this legacy um, where we can talk about how that has really driven your passion.
1: Yeah, I'll start by saying that Mother's Day brings up a lot of feelings for people. Um, For me, it was very hard. Uh, As we were going through that medical journey, it was it was probably the worst day every year. I was grateful for my own mom and I love her very dearly. But my sister had two kids quite easily during that whole process where I was struggling and and it made me very sad. And so in thinking about that, you asked earlier Um, before we got on air to talk about that. When I grew up, my mom was around and she's still around and she's awesome. And, you know, we talk and text and we had so much fun growing up. And I never really thought about motherhood ever being something different than that. Why would I? That was everybody I knew had their kids. There was the random person who didn't have kids. um, But in general, that's kind of the way it was. People were married, they had children, and that's what I grew up with. But as I was going through this process, I started to realize that. Motherhood means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. And that there are so many different aspects. So, like you, I honor all moms. This motherhood gig is not for the faint of heart. It is not. And <laughs> Amen, so there's
0: sister. <laughs> like, I am it just with isn't. You. That's the mic drop right there. Right there. Hashtag. It is
1: not. And and honor all the moms, because this is a hard, unpaid job that we do for a long, 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 long time. <laughs> forever. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I came up with a list because I thought there's so many different experiences of motherhood that you know to honor and so I'll just share a few of them with you. Like there are young moms, kids who have kids and choose to parent them. That's hard. Like these kids haven't even started living their lives yet. They don't truly know who they are yet and yet they're now responsible for this life. They've got in front of them. That's something to really be honored. And a lot of them are doing it in very difficult circumstances. Sometimes their parents, they're not allowed to be back in their families, or they've they've had to leave home. Or, you know, it's hard. So not only do you have the mom stuff, but it's unexpected in a lot of cases. And they're very young. So I honor that. Like that's hard. That's a hard choice to make. Oh my gosh, moms of multiples. I don't, I don't know how you guys do it. Like honestly, having well my son on a good day is kind of like having triplets. Um that's the oldest. And on a bad day I feel like I'm octo mom. Like he sprouts limbs that I didn't even know existed. <laughs> it's so hard to get him to do anything. But moms of multiples like I have twice or 3 times or 4 times the work I do at any given time, right? Like there's yeah. those feedings and I don't even know when you guys sleep. And how do you hold everybody in the laundry? Like that's hard. That's hard and amazing. And then truthfully, I don't sometimes know how they tell their kids apart. Like, they're identical. Do you put like people have put bracelets stickers. on or, you know, like there's ribbons in some hair and not ribbons. I don't, I don't know. Like, like and I know you do because they all have different personalities. So I totally honor that. Of course, in my own experience, a birth mom, I, I honestly don't know how people make that choice. Given that we struggled and and worked so hard to have children, I don't know how you choose to let somebody else parent your child. I don't know how you say goodbye to your child and trust that somebody else is going to raise them and honor them the same way you have. So I I just it's a bittersweet day for you guys. And I I honor so much. Um, and adoptive moms, of course. I love you guys too. We have taken on, well, other people's children. We brought them into our homes and we have all these extra things that we have to do. And and, you know, again, it can it can be a bit overwhelming. And we got all the parenting stuff and the adoption stuff and their story. And how do we broach that? And how do we talk to schools about that and random strangers who ask really invasive questions? Cause they do. Um, I think that you guys are awesome. Um, let's not forget the pet moms. Four-legged friends need love too. And sometimes people choose to go that route for a variety of reasons. And if you love a pet at home, like they're blessed. They're blessed to have you as their mom. Be proud of that. Like seriously, that's still momming. They just have four legs and they're hairier yes. than most of us, right? Um. Oh gosh, for some people, because they've lost their mom. If your mom has is not with us. Um, if you are, I call them the momless moms, right? This can be a very bittersweet day, right? You got the sweetness of being a mom yourself, but also the sadness around the loss. So there you go. Grandmas. Oh, and you are one, Cami. I love you guys. Yeah. Grandmas. <laughs> amazing. Right? Like you guys have got your own kids and then you got these other little kids that um, my mom likes to say that she gets to do all the things she didn't get to do as a mom. Um, because she doesn't have to discipline that's right
2: <laughs> this it's, it's all, all true. the fun right
1: it's all the fun none of the work yeah because yeah. yeah, you get to just hand them back but right? some grandmas are not close like geographically close or maybe emotionally close so you know there's lots of stuff and of course you're looking at your kids and and sometimes they make mistakes and you're like mm, do i want to where do what where's the line i walk on that one How much do I get involved? How much do I, you know, is my kid going to be like, and mom, you're done. No more. I'm on my own. Or, you know, again, it's hard. Yeah. So love you guys. You guys are awesome. And grandmas are highly underrated. Um, So there you go. There's my plug for grandmas. (laughs) Then there's single moms. Oh my gosh. You're everything to everybody in your house. Like you are everything. And it can also feel like you're nothing all at the same time. So. Mm. I love you guys because you make huge sacrifices. So your children can grow up to be strong, proud people. And that sacrifice doesn't go unnoticed. I know it can feel like it does, but we love you. Oh, empty nest moms. Mother's Day can be a bit lonely once your kids leave. And Cammie, you can probably speak to that better than me. Mine are still here. So, (laughs) um, you know, but that feeling of you kind of miss it. The busy, the noise, the kids arguing, the feeding so many people all the time. Like you can really miss it. Um, But I want you to know that if your children have, you know, we all want them to have growth, sprout their wings and fly. And if they have flown, it's because of you. You did that. You armed them with all that stuff. All the good skills and the life skills and the confidence and the ability to know that there's a safe place for them to come back to if it all doesn't work out. Like you did that. So go enjoy your peace and
2: quiet.
1: (laughs) Right? No, do it. Like be proud. Pat yourself on the back because you did a really good job. Mm -hmm. And then there's the moms who have lost a child. Oh, my gosh. We're not supposed to outlive our kids. Like that's not the natural order of things as we know it. Your sacrifice and the that's we learn from you. Your courage, your still being here-ness, right? Despite how hard that was. Like that inspires all of us to think on my worst day, it's not the loss of a child. So thank you. Thank you for for being our inspiration and our courage and that resiliency.
2: We love you. We know today is hard. And well, all the days are hard. (laughs) Um, For the women who want to be moms, you'll figure it out. Don't give up. Figure out
1: what's going to work for you. Go explore. There's so many options out there. Explore. And you figure out the way momming is going to work in your life. And then you go pursue it. Like you go trailblaze that trail. My path looked different than my mother's, uh, but it's an amazing path. And she's so grateful I'm on it Mm. and loves my kids. And right. It's just a different path. We chose a different way, but we're still doing the momming thing or Mm. not. You choose what works for you. And we love you for that. Go seek it out. And if you need support, Ask. There are lots of people who can help. Um, moms who are in like situations where they're it's a different situation, maybe divorce, or maybe you are a, a couple in the LGBTQ community, or maybe you are choosing to parent differently. Like maybe you're co-parenting with someone who isn't the biological father, maybe your stepmom, right? Maybe you're a foster mom. If all those things Like, we totally appreciate that you're doing this job. We do. Stepping into all that teaches the rest of us about acceptance. It teaches us how to be more accepting. It teaches us about being amazing in a way that that hasn't really been trailblazed, at least publicly, right? When you step out into the light and let it shine on you, you show all of us how to do it better. You just do. And thank you. Thank you for doing that, right? The benefit is that all our children, they benefit from having moms who stand up and say, I will do it. I will take on this 24 hour a day unpaid job while they're little. And for their lifetime, I will always be in their corner. Thank you for doing. And then, of course, there's the special needs mom. You guys own my heart. This is not an easy job at the best of times. For us, the job is a lot longer a lot slower and it may never end. Our children may be with us forever. Well, for our lifetimes anyway. And so I love you guys so much for saying, I will stick in this story and I will do it. And this child deserves someone to be their advocate and their voice. Thank you for doing that. They need you. We need you. We need you to go out and tell the world how amazing your kids are so we can see it too. That goes for all moms. Tell the world how amazing your kids are so we can see it too. Because when we see what you see, then we all make the world a better place. Thank you.
0: Oh, Michelle, 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 happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day to you too. I'm so excited about this. Thank you. And to all our invincible moms out there, whoever you are, whatever category or multiple categories you fall into today, We just want to say we are sending you love and wishing you the best day ever. And thank Mm -hmm. you for all that you do. Oh, my gosh. So let's share a little bit about how your journey of of building your family and being special needs parents uh, has really given you a passion for living your legacy.
2: So
1: when we discovered all of the challenges that were going on for my oldest son uh, again like I said I feel like somehow the universe the stars god whatever entity you believe in it lined up for this child to be in my life because I am a special needs teacher so I came with a whole bunch of background I have people with disabilities in my extended family so when I started hearing the story about you know what was going on for my son and of course the medical model is a model of What is wrong and how do we fix it? I saw this beautiful little boy instead. He is not the sum total of everything that's wrong with him. He is a handsome young fellow and he is a flirty guy. This child of mine lights up the room when he walks in. He smiles with his entire body. And now don't y'all just want to meet him? Like when I tell you that, that's what you see. And so taking that a step forward, he's going to require some support. For the rest of his life, which is where we're at. We're in this transition phase now into adulthood. And what's that going to look like for him? What is his adult life going to look like? And there are times I won't, I won't lie that I'm scared for what that's, what it could be. But more than that, I'm hopeful for what it could be and how we can help to structure things around him and for him in a way that allows him to live into as much possibility as he can. And so that's really gotten us thinking about what can we create? What's this legacy going to be? But instead of it being the legacy we leave behind, we're doing it now. And we're looking at how do we forge this? So what decisions are we making? What actions are we taking to really move forward? So ultimately what we want to do comes out of a conversation that he had with his best friend last year. They did a work experience placement at school together at a car dealership. And oh, my God, they loved it. They had so (laughs) much fun. And they came home talking about wanting to work together and live together. And I thought, I can't really do a whole lot around the work thing. I'm not an employer, so I can't employ them under me. Maybe I could maybe do something in that area, but I can do something about them potentially living together. Hmm. what an idea. Maybe I could. So started exploring what that was going to look like. And ultimately what we've decided we want to do is we want to buy a house for our son. And we want to have his friends who have disabilities as well, live with him. And we want to structure it in a way that, um, it will have a suite and the more the rent from the suite will actually cover the mortgage. And then they all have a funding source that they're a part of, and they will all be working. Um, And so we will figure out a way to have their funding source cover the cost of a living caregiver. So now they get to actually have that dream. They can live together in a way that they're safe. We will have control over who is living together there. Um, So we know who's going to be there. It's not some random stranger who may or may not fit with my son. We know who will be working with him because we will be directly involved in the hiring process. And so we can really vet people to make sure it's the right fit. We'll even choose a tenant. That's the right fit. My son has two volumes, loud and asleep. So we need someone who's going to be okay with that. And the reality is, I know there are people out there because I'm one of them. I would have somebody had said to me, like, hey, do you want to live in this house? And there's a bunch of people with special needs upstairs. I would have been like, yeah, that's awesome. I know they're going to be nice. Okay. <laughs> so I would have said, yes, no problem. So we'll find the right person. And that too adds a level of safety and security around them because we'll make sure that they meet. And I know if it was me and something happened, there was a loud bang and people sounded really scared. I'd be on the phone with 911 and then I'd be up the stairs to make sure that they're okay. Right. So that's another level of safety and security around them and also allows that person to give back to, to know that they're part of a bigger community, that they have a piece in what's happening and they're allowing these people to live in a way that's so empowering so in that idea has sprung this idea for us of how do we help others create this legacy how do we breathe inspiration and hope into other families who are so worried about their kids or alternatively how do we help other people who might not even be in the special needs community figure out what their legacy is going to be and then work to create it so that you never have that moment as a senior citizen in your hundreds, because we're all going to live that long, That's um, right. where you turn around and say, "What? How, where did my life have meaning? You're not going to have that question because you'll know exactly what it was, where the meaning was. You'll know who you've impacted, or at least some of them. Mm. We don't always know all the ripples, but you'll know that you put positive ripples in the world. And it had a genuine impact on some people. And that has been so exciting and fun and fulfilling for us as a family to know that. In addition, there was a whole thing that came up that we didn't even think about. And that was my younger son. As we're looking at my older son and we're looking at how we can really support him, I didn't even realize how much my younger son was listening, although I should have. He's a very skilled eavesdropper and he regularly tells me like he doesn't hide it. His bedroom is right above this office where I'm sitting right now. And sometimes he'll yell out and say, I didn't hear that last part. Can you repeat it? Like he's not hiding it. Um, And he was listening to these conversations and listening to what we were doing. And so we decided we'd better get involved in the real estate investing community because we don't know anything about it. Like we need to do some learning. I've never been a landlord. I I don't know what it's like to work with a property manager. I've never, you know, I don't even know some of the words they use. I need to figure this out. So that's what we started doing. And lo and behold, we started dabbling in some real estate, some private lending. And we were really excited about that and learning and growing and building up our sort of, resilience in this in this new sphere for us and one day we had a fellow talking to us and he was giving us a presentation about his investment and wanted to know if we wanted to invest and at the end he said do you have any questions like everybody does and before i could even like answer my youngest son who was sitting beside him playing on his ipad said yeah i've got one and the guy looked at him and looked at me and looked at him again and he's like okay and so my son goes so, can I get in on that too? And the guy looked at him and looked at me and looked at him again and said, Well, I guess if your mom says it's okay. <laughs> and so, at the um. age of 11, he actually pooled his money. Now, backstory I'm going to tell you a little story about his adoptive, his birth mom, and where that came from. When we were in the process of adopting, birth moms can keep receipts for things connected to their pregnancy, so clothes or medical things and they can ask the adoptive families to pay for that. Um our younger son's birth mom came up with receipts for $2500 and we paid it happily. This is we get this decision is really hard for you and that you could probably really use this money. And so sure. no problem. When we got to the lawyer's office the day we um he joined our family. I was going to say the day we took possession of him but that makes him sound <laughs> kind of like a car. So that's not right. Yeah. Um the day he joined our family um, um. And she said, I have a check for you. And I thought, lawyers don't usually give you money back. Oh my God, is this not going through? Are we not getting this baby? Like, what is
2: happening? I was so startled. And she said, no. His birth mother said, I cannot parent this child. But
1: what I can do is I can give you back this money because I, I can always go and earn more. I want you to take it and keep it for him. And I want you to use this to give him a head start in his life. And so she did. She gave us back. So we have been sitting on it. So he knew, he knows, he knows that story. He knows we have it. And he wanted to know if he could tap into that money to start learning how to make more money. And we said, yes, we will do this. So he did. About 11, he put his money in his first deal. Since then, he's had two deals that have completed that he made money. He has money in two deals right now that are set to. To complete in the next year or so. And last summer, we'd made the decision to actually purchase a rental property on the other side of Canada because it's way cheaper over there. And we wanted to have the experience of not being able to be hands-on. So we can't go to the house. We can't physically collect the rent. We need to work with a property manager so we can learn how to do all that. Well, he has money in the down payment for that house and is now collecting a portion of the rent. Not only that, But when we come to the house that's going to be for his older brother, his words were, because we said, we have to figure out, it cannot be in my older son's name. And I said, you know, we're going to have to figure out, we'll put it in our names to begin with, and then we'll have to figure out where this is going to go. And he said, you know what, mom, I don't want to live with my brother, which I think is hilarious. I don't want to live with him. I just want to be his brother. But here's what I can do. Put the house in my name and I'll make sure he's always cared for. So now we have a situation where not just one child is being cared for for his lifetime, but we're able to build generational wealth for our younger son so he can have his freedom and grow his wings to fly. And I am so excited about where this is how this is all coming together. And you know, Cammy, I'm just going to give you a shout out that you had a big part to play in this along the way. When I met Cammy probably 4 years ago, and I told her the story of the adoption and she was like, Oh my God, if you're ever coming, you need to come and stay at my house. And you know, we have a pool and we'll throw your kids in the pool. And I was like, that is so nice, but I know people say that and don't always mean it. Kami has said that to me every time we've talked since. <laughs> I am not kidding. Cammy was, Cammy reached out to me about this podcast idea and told me that she thought my voice needed to be heard by a larger audience. And I'll be honest. I was scared to death. I told her no. And then I immediately called back and was like, Ooh, maybe i was too quick on that one and so cammy has been really you have been instrumental in helping me forge what's going ahead in my life now and i want to thank you for that um cuz i have always felt such a strong connection to you from the first time we ever talked and that has been such a blessing in my life and i'll have you guys all know in cammy's audience that my older son totally loves cammy <laughs> loves her, they just can't get enough of her. It's an, and she's so patient and kind about it all. It's amazing. And if we ever get together in person, like I don't know that my kids will come home with me. They might just like be like, no, we want to stay here. She's awesome.
0: We so. might have another adoption. Is that what you're saying? Well, you
1: know, just questioning how you feel about that.
0: <laughs> oh, I just love it. I love them. They're adorable. And now we have to tell about the selfie. So. Um, because we, we, yeah, we went there.
1: So we did.
0: So I'll tell you that,
1: um, Cammy is, we are Facebook friends and we message each other on messenger. And then one day I started getting these kind of odd messages from her. Like, oh, that's really cute. And I thought, well, what's really, are you watching me? Like, what is happening here? I don't understand. So I messaged her back. I'm like, what's really cute. She's like that picture you sent me. I said, "Mm." I didn't send you any picture. And there was nothing on my messenger that showed a picture. I'm like, what are you talking about? So she sent it to me. Well, here's what's happened. My older son, sneaky guy, was catching my phone and taking selfies and sending them to Cami <laughs> and deleting them off my phone. So I had
0: no idea he was doing it. Stealthy. And it was so much fun. <laughs> And I think he needs some more time with your phone so I can get some updated selfies. <laughs> oh, I just you know what? But that is the kind that that's the life I want to live is around people like that who are fun, who are enjoying their life and who want to share it with other people. Mm-hmm. And so that is such a blessing for me that it would never be a burden. I welcome that every day, every hour of the day. If you're if you have my number, have your kids, even you, if you want to take a proper selfie, (laughs) keep it PG, yeah, for sure. Uh, I love that. I love selfies. I just think it's fun. I do them with my grandkids, even before they're old enough to know what they are, Um, and I just love the joy that is spread through these kids and through all that they do. I get boxer messages from kids. I get my granddaughter makes me videos as she's going through her Pokemon cards. She videos it, then sends the video of her going through the cards like hysterical. But those are the things that make life worth living. Those are the things that bring me so much joy. And so thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you for sharing the story. Thank you for honoring the moms. Thank you for sharing your beautiful children and your family with me and all of the world. And happy Mother's Day to you.
2: Happy Mother's Day to you, too, Cammie. Oh, my gosh.
0: So let's tell people where they can find you. Well, I'm in Canada. We'll start there.
2: No, I'm
1: kidding. Um, (laughs) uh, I have a website. It is www.livingyourlegacy.ca. If you would like to reach out to me uh, personally, you
0: can email. Oh, no. So and (laughs) all of the links will be in the show notes. So just click the, the show notes as you're listening and we'll take you right to Michelle, to her podcast, to all her social media sites and her email address. This has been so fun, Michelle.
1: Oh, my gosh. I was so excited that you invited
0: me better than I even imagined it would be so fun and just such a joy to have this conversation. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. And just before we get to the good stuff, right, the good, the bad and the ugly, I have this great announcement for you. We are starting the pod power hour, which is a virtual event that's going to happen on Wednesdays at noon Eastern. And so if you've ever thought about having a podcast, if you have questions, if you are a podcaster and you want to come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have, we would love for you to join us. We're going to have experts there that are going to be sharing they're genius it's gonna be amazing so and if you're a host and you want to come meet some amazing uh people that could be potential guests for you on your show come on out what a great way to get exposure be sure to check it out on my website at camillehman.com as well as follow me on facebook instagram or linkedin whatever is your favorite platform we will have registration there you do need to register to attend And it is on Zoom, so super simple, just one hour every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get
3: registered today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this. You now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment, we can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at info@adventurefound.org.
2: You know, on She's Invincible,
0: we promise our listeners we're going to bring them fierce entrepreneurs and we're going to share their expert zone of genius, which, oh, my gosh, you did so well today sharing Thank about you. adoption and the journey and the joy and all the heartache of the journey. I mean, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and you figured it out. And now you're living The most amazing life with the most beautiful family. But we're not done because we also promise our listeners that while we're spotlighting these amazing people, that we are also going to pull back the curtain and that we're going to share a little bit about that journey in the good, the bad and the ugly. Are you ready to tell a few fun stories? You bet. I got a million. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to pick one for each category. So we're going to start with the good. So tell us a story about the good or the greatest part of your journey so far. I think the greatest part of
1: my journey is meeting other extraordinary people. When you live a unique life, kind of like we do, you, you meet a lot of really interesting people. Some are amazing, some not so much. Um, but most of the people that we've met have been so encouraging so positive so kind um a quick story i'll tell you a really good one when uh if you were to facebook friends with me and looked back about i don't know 12 or so years ago you would actually find no mention of my children at all i really wasn't sure what to say or how much to share and i was actually quite concerned that there might be some haters who would say you know the trolls out there who say the awful things and i just wasn't sure that i was prepared to handle any of those comments in a way that left me with integrity and dig- dignity, mostly I was feeling like I'd probably be mama bear and try to claw an eyeball out, <laughs> <laughs> that's not really the way I want to be um, and one one day i did I did this post it had no pictures, it was just words, and it was talking about the evolution of the word of my name. so my older son when i when he was very little, I had no name. there was addy for daddy, and uh. And I was the, uh, oh. he pointed me and I'm like, I don't think I like that name. I think I like a better one than that. And then as he got a little bit older with more work, I became a mom. And then I became mama. And one day I was working at my computer and I heard this little voice behind me say out of the blue, Michelle. And he had said my name and literally my world stopped. I turn. I remember what he was wearing. I was so, and I was like, "What did you just say?" And he was like, "Michelle." I'm like, wow, that's the first time I've heard you say my name. And so I posted that, and I was inundated with comments, questions, private messages, text messages, phone calls—you name it—and they were all so positive. People came out of the woodwork to say, we've been waiting for you to talk about this experience that you got going on over there. Do you have a video? Would you share? And I looked at my husband I'm like, I think I think people want me to tell them about our life. Like who would really be interested in, in what's going on? He's like, I don't know. Let's just try it out. So I did. Of course, my son is my social butterfly. So he quite happily got on video and said my name three or four times. And then I posted it. And it led to this, continuing series of posts that I do now called a tale of two T's. Our last name is Trovato and I have two boys. And the story is always a singular story of something that's happened that normally would be average or every day, but in my world is often not average or every day. Yeah. And that was the first one. So that's the good. There's such an amazing community of people that I have as a support system around me who want to know. They want to be able to do better. They want to be uh, embracing people with differences and disabilities. They want to talk openly about adoption and those hardships. They're looking for ways that they can care and support. So that's probably been the best.
0: Oh, I love that story. And I love your stories and your posts about the tale of two T's. Those are my favorites. I always stop. Whatever I'm doing, I stop and I read and I love them. And the pictures that you put with them, they're just amazing. Well, thank you. Oh, that's so fun. (sighs) But now we have to tell about the bad. So we'll save the
2: ugly for last. But tell us a story about the bad part of the journey. I think probably the bad part would be dealing with all the,
1: the medical stuff. Um, the medical model, as I said before, is designed to be, there's a problem and we need to fix it. And it's really easy to get lost in the problem. It's really easy to get lost in the disability, the dis part. It's, it's easy to lose yourself as a person, as a parent. Um, it's easy to lose hope in that environment because that's where the focus is or, you know, in the the biggest time we were working with people, we were working with 12 specialists at Children's Hospital and four to five other specialists outside of Children's Hospital, um, you know, OT, PT, you name the Mm. acronym, ABC, we were working with it. Mm. And um, it got to be very overwhelming. I remember at one time looking at somebody and saying, when do I just get to be mom? Like, when does that happen? Is there a time like where i you know, cause they would say, well, if you're watching TV with your child and you know, you need to be watching like these kids shows that are designed for brain development. And while you're doing that, you should be stretching his hand and, and you should, you know, always like be putting the letters up in front of him while you're watching TV. I'm like, well, I don't want to watch TV now. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, can we choose another thing?
0: <laughs> can we play ball?
1: <laughs> yeah. And like everything was designed about like, you gotta be intensive when he's young and I get all that, but it was so overwhelming. I remember thinking like, even at night, cause he didn't sleep very well. Like, how do we, how do we do all that? And, and like, when do I just get to be mom? I think, when does that happen? Is there a time? And I remember that feeling, it was so heavy, right? Yeah. Thinking yeah. that, or, you know, you go to these playgroups and these moms are talking about all this amazing stuff they're doing with their kids. And I'd be like, I'm not, I'm not doing any of that. Because I'm too busy with specialist appointments. I'm not, oh, you had a family picnic. Gosh, that must've been nice.
2: I'm not doing that. So mm-hmm. that part was hard. That's now, hard. having said that, because I don't like to live in the bad space, you right. have to grow some
1: strong resilience. And remember that somebody else's journey isn't yours. Mm-hmm. And your journey is yours to make it as you see fit. Right? So you're, sure. you're at the helm of that ship. You steer it. So you decide what it's going to look like. And I decided it's going to be awesome. And so we work on awesome on the daily. Some days it actually flies. Some days not so much. <laughs> we try every day to look for that. Those good things, those moments of joy. The moments I like to say, if you talk about disability, if that's all I ever talked about with my son, then you as the audience or the people I'm talking to are going to see disability Cure disability and treat disability. I don't like anyone dissing my son. So we're going to focus go. on the ability. I love so it. That's where what we did with the bad. We decided that we would focus on what we can do and that we would just have fun trying to do it.
0: That is amazing. Just amazing. And, it, you know, it really gives them a better chance, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're talking about what they can do and not what they can't do. There's no more lack or limiting. Uh, you know, things there. Mm -hmm. All right. Now we have to talk about the ugly. Tell us a story about the ugly part of the journey.
2: Okay. I have a really good one. Um,
0: Uh, Wait, a good, ugly story. A good, ugly story. Okay, Mm -hmm.
2: let's go. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs)
0: So
1: when you are a family that is different, we look different. We physically look different. My son's disabilities are apparent when you see him within a few few minutes, you you pretty much got a handle on the fact that this child's different. And not everybody responds nicely to that in the world. And it's always when you least expect it. And my son can have meltdowns. he He can be very loud. He can't he doesn't read social cues super well. Sometimes he does. sometimes he doesn't right, so there there are times that that things are he can be a bit inappropriate, but not in a bad way, like he you know yelling out things in a movie theater, things like that where it's not you know you're supposed to be quiet, <laughs> right? yeah, and he's just like that was fun, so I'm just gonna yell it out for everybody in the theater to hear about, <laughs> like sorry, mm-hmm. right, um, so one particular story stands out, um. And I normally don't share this one, but I'll share it here. So we were in a Walmart near Christmas. And of course, people, it's a hard time for a lot of people. The holidays are hard for a variety of reasons, whether it's family or finances or, or stresses and pressures from work or being torn in 15 different directions. It's, it's just a challenge at challenging time. And in Canada, like a lot of places, it can be cold and it's dark at like, well, it just never really gets light. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to know the truth
0: right Yeah, well,
1: you like you get up and it's kind of it's dark because it's early in the morning and then it's kind of blue all day and then it's dark at like three or three 30 and you're like man does that where, where's that ball in the sky so everybody's feeling that right they're feeling that change in the weather they're feeling tired so there's all of that and we were in the lineup to pay for something and my son he kind of had it. There was a lot of stimulation again, hard for him too, right? It's a tough time. A lot of excitement, a lot of waiting for the excitement Mm -hmm. and it's hard. And so he kind of had it. He was in my husband's arms in the lineup ahead of us. um, And he was, he was kind of having a meltdown. So he was, he was loud. There was a lot of people looking now, generally speaking, people look and don't say much. Or you see them whispering the person beside them and, you know, they're talking about it. I'm like, hey, whatever. Like well, yeah, I don't care about that. But one woman in the line, she was, she was much bigger than me. She probably stood about a foot and a half taller than me. She was a big woman. And so she turned around, um, looked at my husband and my son and very loudly said,
2: oh, as my dog barks, very loudly said, yeah. I believe in abortion too. And I thought, what? And then she made another comment about, you know, too bad his mother didn't go that route. Now, my husband didn't hear it, but I sure did.
1: It was, I like literally stood there with my mouth open looking at this woman. And I thought, okay, I get that things can be hard for you, but it gives you absolutely no right to make that comment. Out loud in the store, and then some interesting things happened. So there was a fella in the line behind me, a gentleman, and all of a sudden I hit to get this tap on my shoulder, and I turn around and I look at him. Now, all this is in within seconds. This stuff is happening, and he says, "You know, I heard that," and I said, "Me too." He said, "Do you want me to do something about it? I'll take her out." <laughs> oh, oh, oh no 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 violence here in Walmart. No 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 no. And then. And then um, <laughs> another woman on the line across the way was like, had her phone out. And she's like, 9-1-1. and she's like trying to call nine I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to make a big issue here. Like whatever's going on for this woman that she feels it's okay to say that there are some bigger things. And I really feel sorry for her. And even when we got to the cash, the woman who was at the till was like, do you want me to call security? I'll have her removed. And I said, wow. no, I don't, I don't. I don't want anything. And then I'm thinking again, I have a smart mouth and sometimes it gets the better of me. And I was, there was about four different, really nasty things that I could have said, and they were on the tip of my tongue to say them. But I also thought she's way bigger than me and she might twist me into a pretzel. So probably not a really good idea. And my son is here and he's watching it. This isn't the role model I want to be. And, and then my husband's going to get in on this and then it's just going to be all
2: chaos and badness and no, 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 no. Let's just go home. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And
1: that's not the only time we've had nasty things said. Yeah. Um, so that's really ugly when you it see is. that side of humanity
2: and hard to listen to, hard to to, to think that people could feel that way. Um, that That's really
1: hard. But again, I don't like to live in that space, which is why you've never heard this story. I don't usually spend a lot of time on these stories. Mm-hmm. Because my heart actually goes out to that woman. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what her life was like, but clearly it couldn't. She wasn't coming from a joyous, happy place when she mm-hmm. said that. And so if her life was so she was in such a bad place, her life was so hard that that's the thing she had to say in that moment, then then I feel bad that, yeah. that, that that's the life she was in it's and sad. I feel for her. It is actually really sad. Yeah. And it makes me think about not being that person to my children, to other people's children, to other people, right? That
0: Just be kind people, just be kind. There's
1: there's so much power in your words and you can either tear people apart or build them up. I choose, mostly, I have to be (laughs) honest, I'm not always perfect at it, but mostly (laughs) I choose to err on the side of, I want to build people up. You know, to walk away feeling better.
0: What a beautiful thing, though, that there was one really mean person and all those other people that were just wonderful, kind people that were like, you know, we can do something about this. You know, if I was in that line, I'd be like, I would have not bid, like, I can take her. (laughs) Well, that's what the guy behind me was trying to get at. And I'm like, please don't hurt her." her. I'm like, don't make me go Jersey. <laughs> I'm a Philly girl, but man, there's Jersey. That's where I was born and raised. And, and yeah, we don't really play those games here. So we, I'd have been like, I could take her and the guy behind me be like, let's go. Let's get her, I'll hold her down, you beat her. <laughs> and there and, is the truth. Yeah, and so perhaps that's where my boxing gloves come in. Perhaps that's what Invincible really is all about. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. Michelle, thank you so much. Thank you for all of this. You're welcome. I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy and people can be so mean, but thank you. A few. The thank majority you. of them are actually
1: genuinely very kind. Yes. That's been my experience. Yes.
0: Thank you so much. Thank oh my you. gosh. And again, to our listeners, happy Mother's Day. Wherever mm-hmm. you fall into that list. Of honorees that Michelle bestowed upon you today, no matter what your day looks like, no matter where you are
2: in life, in parenting, in business, even if you're face down on the ground right now, just get back up. Mm -hmm. I know it feels like you can't do it, but I'm telling you, you can Mm -hmm. tell them, Michelle, you bet. Um, I would say this. I believe in you. You have more
1: courage in you than you've ever thought possible. And motherhood teaches you that. You have more patience in you than you ever thought possible. It sure taught me that. I can guarantee I was not this patient when I was much younger. Um, you have all, everything in you that you need to be amazing. And truthfully, if you think about your children, it's about the memories you create. So think about. When you're not in their life anymore, what stories will they tell about you? And go create them.
0: I love it. And just get back up and create those stories. And have the most amazing Mother's Day ever. Thank you for joining us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please follow the show. Submit a rating and review and share us with your friends. If you would like to chat to see if you can attract your ideal client and monetize your business through podcasting, please book a free call with me at camilehman.com. I can't wait to meet you.